0: and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're gonna partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Let's bring up the lights. We are in the middle of a 21 day fast and this is day seven and, uh, and you guys can have a seat too. Um, we're in the middle of a 21 day fast. This is day seven of our 21 day fast and uh, you may say man I didn't even know about it or I didn't start um, but I'm, I'm here to tell you start now. Uh, and join us in this 21 day fast. Um, so maybe it's a 14 day fast for you, but it's better than a zero day fast. Right? Amen? You guys with me today? Yeah. All right. Um, so fasting options we went through this a little bit last week i'm not going to go way into it today Um, but these are just some ideas for you Uh, a daniel fast and and we see that in daniel chapter 10 verse 2 and 3. this is no meats no sweets no strong drinks um for for that time Um, a partial fast giving up one meal uh, a half a day fast which is fasting until 3 p.m or the ninth hour we see precedent of this in acts chapter 10 verse 30 and 31 Um, A complete fast, this is abstaining from all solid foods, Um, precedent in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, Um, it begins to talk about that. Um, A a juice fast, this is only juices from fresh fruits and vegetables, Um, fasting from electronics, fasting from social media, limiting your cell phone use. Um, But the the purpose here, and please ignore the typo, I I corrected it for the website if you noticed, but not for this. Um, But... The purpose of this is to reintroduce God into your daily life. So what are you doing? What's the, are you accomplishing the purpose or are you just giving something up? If you're just giving something up, you may as well not because it's not doing anything for you. But if you're purposing in your heart that I'm going to reintroduce God into my daily life, if you're purposing in your heart that I am going to grow spiritually because of this or I'm going to spend more time focused intently on God. As you do that, you're going to see a difference in your life. I promise that it will happen. And so I'm not going to ask this today um, for you to like raise your hand or come up here or anything like that. But if you've got a testimony of what God has been doing in your life over the, the course of this fast, what I want you to do is let us know. I want you to, to share that testimony, encourage others. What has God been doing for you? And, and I can say this, that what God has done uh, for me and for our family during this time, it's opened up dialogue that we've begun to, uh, to discuss the things of God in a deeper way and with our kids um, to do that. We've been doing some things as a family that have allowed us to... Wow, to, to, set, to set time uh, aside to really focus our attention intently on God. And it has to be purposeful. Now, I can say this, that every single day, there's a reason not to do it. Every single day. But if you will take the time and purpose in your heart that I'm going to do this, then you're going to receive a, a result because of it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, during this year, we are reintroducing you to God. And that's been our our theme for the the first two weeks of the year. And we're going to continue that uh, throughout to reintroduce you to God. I believe that we have this really false impression sometimes about who God is, and we've allowed all kinds of different things to form our, our views and our beliefs of God, and, uh, and some of those things are, are good. But I'm here to tell you that unless you form your belief system on the Bible, the Word of God, then your belief system is flawed. Now, maybe you get some things right, but maybe you get some things wrong. And so what, if that's going to continue, that's going to be a mess. Um, well, I don't know if it's this. It's got to be. But uh, I thought we really had solved some issues. And if not, then we've got more issues than, uh, than we know. So um, I can say this, that if you will go to the source... If you'll open up your heart and you'll say, God, I'm not going to pretend to know anything. I think that sometimes we hear things and we read scripture and things like that, and and we do it based on the perspective maybe that we already have of God. But I think we need to set aside and say, you know what, I'm not going to pretend to know anything. I'm coming at this fresh. God, you show me who you are And it's going to do one of two things. And what it does is it makes you be vulnerable in in the moment. But it does one of two things. Either it reaffirms that value that you have on the inside of you. And it makes it unshakable because you've proven it. Or it makes you understand that, well, maybe I didn't know like I thought I did. I've done this with several things in my life. And I've said, God, reteach me. God, I'm not going to pretend to know anything. God, I lay it all down at your feet. And some things have been reaffirmed in me, but some things I realize, you know what? I was wrong and I need to change. I think it's really hard sometimes for us to admit that we're wrong. But it's valuable when you'll come to that conclusion and say, I understand that I know very little, and God, you know a lot. As we're talking about prayer the last two weeks, We talked about how prayer is a purposeful focus on God. We're turning our attention towards God. Ephesians tells us to pray always. How do we pray always? Well, you pray always by turning your attention towards God, by opening up the dialogue, by saying, God, speak to me. The last two weeks, we've spoke on the Lord's Prayer and what the Lord's Prayer does for us and and praying in that manner as Jesus told us to pray. And we're inviting God to remind us of his goodness. We're inviting God to show us the kingdom, to reveal himself in us every single moment of our day. That's how we pray always. I believe that prayer is the foundation for everything we do. So building on that foundation, today we're going to reintroduce you to the Bible. Now I know that that many of us, or, or I would say most of us, we don't carry a paper Bible with us anymore. Maybe you have one in your house, maybe you don't have one in your house. But I would dare say that every single one of us have, uh, have this, have a phone. And we have access 24-7, 365 to the scripture right here. And so maybe there was a day and time where, where you forgot to take your Bible somewhere, or you really needed a scripture and you couldn't quite remember what it said, and You didn't have anything to look it up on. Not anymore, because we have this right here. This can be a huge hindrance to your life, but it can be a huge blessing. And we're going to talk about that at the end and um, some practical ways um, that we can use the technology that we have to get to know God more. But I believe that it's vitally important that we open up our Bible I believe it's vitally important that we read the Word of God. Now, there's all kinds of excuses as to why we don't read the Word of God. Now, sometimes we would say, well, I don't really understand it very well. I can read and read and read. Or it's so overwhelming, I don't even know, I don't even know where to start. Sometimes you say, well, I don't, I don't really have the time uh, to do that. We're going to talk about all those things today. I believe this that you have time for whatever is most important to you and that's something that I live by I try my best not to say that I don't have time for something the reality is it wasn't a priority to me because I'm gonna do whatever priority is now sometimes your priorities for me are different than my priorities for me right sometimes somebody else's priorities for you are different than what your priorities for you are? What are God's priorities for you? What is God saying? I'm a firm believer that if I follow after him, that if I, I trust him with my time, then God redeems the time. I believe that God didn't make a mistake when he created 24 hours in the day. And he didn't come to you and say, you know what, 24 hours a day worked for the billions of people that have lived before you. But for you, I really wish I would have created some more time. But you have everything that you need, including time, to accomplish everything that God has called you to do. Do you really think that he would intend for you to cut out the reading of his word? But let me say this. That I think sometimes in the church, and we had this conversation as we were preparing for this series of messages, I think sometimes if you've been in church for a long time or even been around here for a long time, for, uh, for many years we passed out a, a Bible reading plan at the beginning of the year. And there's nothing wrong with the Bible reading plan, but we're reintroducing this year. And so, if you want to do a a Bible reading plan where I'm going to read through the entire Bible in one year, that's amazing. And I've done it before, and it is fruitful to your life. I promise you that, but it is daunting. You're reading three chapters here and two chapters here, something in the Old Testament, something in the New Testament, something in Psalms every single day. And it's very daunting. Let me just say this. I am more interested, and I believe God is more interested that you understand it than that you get through checking boxes on a piece of paper. And so I can tell you this. For the last two weeks, every single day, I've read Galatians chapter 5. Every single day for the last two weeks. And I've preached out of that passage of Scripture dozens of times over the last 20 years. But I can say this with a surety that I understand Galatians chapter 5 in a way that I've never understood it before. That it has come alive to me like it's never come alive before. And I can't get enough of it. And I continue to read it and it's leading me to go in other places. And so no, I didn't check off a whole bunch of check marks on boxes. I've grown In my relationship with God, and my understanding of who he is. And so I want you to get out of your mind that I have to do X amount of time or I have to do X amount of, I have to get through these chapters or I don't care if it's one verse. If it's coming alive to you, then God is doing something in your life and he's speaking to you and transforming you and changing you into what he wants you to be. And there's going to be some days where you read for five minutes. And there's going to be some days where you can't get enough and you start pushing other things off and you you read for an hour. Or longer. Or you read and then you're like, all right, i got to go to work. And so you go to work and on your lunch you can't get enough and so you pull it up on your phone. As God begins to birth that hunger in you. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So that's the premise of where we're going today. You know, I, I've heard a lot recently, and over the years I've heard this, but, but especially recently, I just don't know what to do. I want to ask you to be a little bit vulnerable today and say, that's me, I'm in that situation where I just, I just don't know what to do. I'm not being specific. It can be about something personal in your life. It can be about just a situation at large. But you feel right now, I just don't know what to do. Raise your hand if you're with me and you're just like, I don't know what to do right now. I think that a lot of us are in the same boat where we just don't, we just don't know what to do. And maybe if today is not your day, you're like, now nah, I have full confidence. I know what I'm doing. That's awesome. Wait till tomorrow. Or maybe it was last week. Or maybe it's going to be a month from now. But there will be a time when you're just like, eh, I don't really know what to do. If you were to go around and to poll Christians, people who say they're Christians, and you were to ask them on the street, does God know everything? The overwhelming majority would say yes. Yes. If you were to go and to poll Christians and say, do you believe that the Bible is valuable? Then the overwhelming majority of Christians would say yes. If you were to say, do you think the Bible has words to live by? Overwhelming majority would say yes. But if you were to say, how many of you read your Bible every day? And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand in here. But I would dare say that the majority would say no. And so let me ask you about this disconnect that we've got. If the Bible is valuable, that the Bible gives me answers, if the Bible is truth for my life, if the Bible has words to live by, and sometimes I say I don't know what to do, then why would I not open my Bible to find out what to do? Why wouldn't I make it a priority to say, you know what, I've got a tool right here at my fingertips all day, every day that can give me direction. And so I'm going to take a few minutes to open it up. Now, I'm not here to make you feel bad about yourself today or anything like that. I just want to bring some perspective to maybe where we're at. You know... In the world we live in today, I think that many of us could agree that it's hard to even know who to trust, right? Who do we trust? What do we trust? Well, I always watch this news source, but I can't trust them anymore, so now I watch this news source, because it's the truth. Well, I don't know, like six months ago, you said the, the other one was the truth. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Well, this social media site is doing this, so I'm going to go to this one because it because it's better and it's it's more true. Well, you used to think the other one was, but now this one, and I I just I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I trusted this person. I trusted what they had to say, and and that that proved to be to be false. And I could probably name one of these things. I could name a news source and I could go and poll every single person and some of you would say it's true and some of you would say it's false. Or I could name a person, a a figure, and some of you would say that you trust them and some of you would say that you don't trust them. So who's right? Well, I think the, the most profitable thing for us to do is to spend time arguing about who's true and who's lying. Not at all. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we do it every day, right? I think this. That some of you say, I just can't trust anybody. I don't know what to do. I don't know what things to trust. I know one thing for certain that is true. One thing. And that's the Bible. I know one thing that is true. For certain. In fact... Jesus even told us that this was going to happen. He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, he said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. The world as we know it will come and go. It will change. People will fail you. Outlets and sources will let you down. But my word will by no means pass away. When all else fails, God's word remains true. Amen? Amen. Praise God. When all else fails, God's word remains true. And I believe that in this time more than any other time that we have got to earnestly seek truth to earnestly seek truth. And I'm here to tell you, you are not going to find truth on your TV, on your computer. You are not going to find truth by talking to your coworkers or by trusting in a government or a politician. You're not going to find truth. Right. Where am I going to find truth? The Bible. Christians It is time that we return to earnestly seeking truth by opening the pages of the Bible and making it a part of our daily life. Can we pray today? Father God, we thank you for this day that you've made for us. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus into this world as truth as your word made flesh to dwell among us. Jesus, thank you for being obedient to the call and for dying on the cross for us and then ascending into heaven, but leaving us the Holy Spirit who will guide us into truth so Holy Spirit I ask you today to speak through me that it's not my words but it's your words and then Holy Spirit I ask you to quicken truth to the hearts of the individuals that are listening to my voice both in this room and on the other side of the camera reveal truth to us Because, God, we need it. And we know that in your truth is freedom. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Praise God. When we said amen, I said two weeks ago that when you say amen, I had no idea at that time and I don't like to make partisan statements in here but it's amen, it has nothing to do with a guy or a girl. It's not amen or a woman. Amen means that what we are doing is we are activating our prayer. It's very ironic that I said that and then like an hour later in Congress, somebody says amen and a woman. Are you kidding me? Come on. (laughs) <laughs> it's ridiculous. Amen means we're activating our prayers. And so when we say amen together like we just did corporately, we invited the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us just like we prayed. We're saying I believe what I just said and I activate that in my life. Can we all say it? Amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. John 17:17 17, 17 is one of the most telling passages of scripture in the entire Bible. And the reason why I say it that way is this is a time, and I've often wondered how this even got transcribed, because this is a prayer that Jesus prayed alone. And he's talking to God. He's talking to God about the state of the world. He's talking to God about the affairs of the world and how this is a dark place. And I have these guys that have been following me. They're my disciples and I care about them. And Jesus is pouring out his heart saying, God, I know that the time is short and I'm going to go to the cross and then I'm going to ascend into heaven. And God, I, I keep them safe in the world. God, show them that you love them. And he was interceding on behalf of his disciples. Jesus was just praying a very passionate prayer. And one of the things that Jesus says in here in verse 17, this is John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them, By your truth. When he says them, it means his disciples. You could say us as followers of Jesus. Sanctify them by your truth because your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. That word sanctify, it means to be perfected. And we're going to come back to that thought. So I want you to file it away in your mind. To be perfected. He means to be perfected to declare blameless to mentally give respect or to revere so what this literally is saying here in John 17:17 17, 17 is sanctify them perfect them declare them blameless raise them up to a place of respect. Sanctify them by your truth. See, Jesus is saying right here to set them apart or set us apart and give us a way that we can be perfected. And then he gives us the answer by your truth because your word is truth. Uh, John 1.1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In verse 14 of John chapter 1 it says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among them. When when. John is talking about that there. He's describing Jesus to us, that Jesus is the Word, that the Word was with God, that the Word was God, that the Word was made flesh uh, uh, unto us and dwelt among us. We could say this, that Jesus is asking right here that his sacrifice be enough. Now we know that's the plan all along that Jesus' sacrifice was enough. But he's saying, sanctify them, perfect them by the truth. Because because your word is truth. We know that later on in the scripture, and many of us have heard this, and many of us quote it now, many of us have heard it wrong and and quote it wrong, and I thought I had it down in here uh, somewhere else, and I, I apparently don't. But the scripture tells us that we shall know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Now, many times people will say, well, you know that the truth will set you free. What's well, it's a knowledge of the truth. It's an understanding of the truth. It's a working understanding. It's a growing knowledge of the truth that sets us free. That's what Jesus is saying here, that perfect them by the truth. Because your word is truth. The primary way that we get truth is through the pages of the Bible. The primary way that we know God is through the pages of the Bible because it is literally him sent to us. James chapter one, verse 22. It says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving Yourselves. So he's saying if you're a, a hearer only and not a doer, then you're deceiving yourself. I believe that, that he's not saying here that we're to follow a whole bunch of rules. In fact, core value number four at Word of Life is that the Bible's not a rule book, but it's a revelation of Jesus. Say that with me. Say, the Bible's not a rule book. But it's a revelation of Jesus. And so here, why would he say be a a doer of the word and not a hearer? We think automatically that I'm going to open up the Bible and it's going to tell me all the things to do. And that's a wrong mentality of the scripture. That I'm going to open up the Bible, it's going to tell me what to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be successful. But that puts all kinds of pressure on you. But Jesus took all the pressure. He says if you're a hearer only and not a doer, you're deceiving yourself. In other words, it's deceptive to you to think that I'm going to open up the Bible or I'm going to sit in church or I'm going to listen to top Christian hits on Spotify or I'm going to go and listen to a one-minute excerpt from Transformation Church or Stephen Furtick and my life's going to change. Now all those things are good. But you're deceiving yourself if you think that that alone is going to change your life. But until you begin to walk in the fullness of what the Bible says you are, then you're not going to experience the fullness of God until you begin to walk in the fullness of who Jesus has made you. In fact, he goes on, he says, if you are a hearer of the word and you're not a doer of the word, then you're like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. The Bible equals a mirror, all right? So he's saying here that if you're you're like a man that looks at his natural face in a mirror... And then he goes away and he immediately forgets. Who has that pulled up on their on their Bible app right now? Anybody have that pulled up? What are the next words there? It says he immediately goes away and he what? Forgets what he looks like. He forgets what he looks like. It does not say he forgets what to do. It says he forgets what he looks like. See, the Bible is not a rule book. It's a revelation of Jesus. And if Jesus lives on the inside of me, then he has transformed me. I am not who I used to be, but I have been bought with the blood of Jesus. And if I've been purchased, if I've been transformed, if I've been changed from the inside out, then I'm not the way that I used to be. I now am a new creation in Christ. And when I open up the pages of the Bible, I understand that I'm no longer the person that I was before, but I see who I am. And if I'm not walking in that, I'm deceiving myself. Because I go away and I forgot who I was. I forgot who I was. You're like, well, Pastor Jason, the Bible talks a whole lot about conduct. It does talk about conduct. You're absolutely right. Because this is the way that someone who understands whose they are behaves. This is the way that somebody who understands that they've been loved behaves. You know, a lot of our adverse actions come out of hurt that's on the inside of us. But as we open up the pages of the Bible, I understand that even though I've been hurt and I've been broken, that Christ has made me whole. And if Christ has made me whole, then I behave in a different way. I don't act out of my brokenness, I act out of my healing. I don't act out of my hurt. I act like a person who's been forgiven. I don't feel like I'm less than. I feel like I'm greater because Christ has made me greater. But be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. If you're a hearer only, you deceive yourself. For if you're a hearer only and you're not a doer, you're like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he goes away, and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the, look at this, so great. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty. First of all, that word perfect, it means complete. I'm here to tell you today that God has a law. And God's law says you have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do this. In fact, in the Old Testament, he gave the children of Israel ten commandments. And he said, you follow these. Jesus came and he said, You already know the way to eternal life as he's talking to the rich young ruler. You already know. Follow the commandments. Follow the commandments. It's that simple, right? Easy. So simple that no one ever accomplished it, ever. So simple that all the people in the history of the world except for one, Jesus, failed. And so what did Jesus do? He completed the law. Jesus came and he completed the law. And so you live under a new standard. The law hasn't gone away, but I'm identified with Jesus. And if I'm identified with Jesus, he has completed the law. And now I stand in his sacrifice. I stand in his victory. And so when it says Here in James chapter 1, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, he's saying that he who looks into the completed, we're talking about what Jesus did, he who looks into the completed law, the completed law. See, I'm not judging myself by the standard of the law because God is not judging me on the standard of the law. He judged Jesus on the standard of the law. And if he judged Jesus and I'm one with him, God looks at me as righteous because I've received the sacrifice. Because I stand with Jesus. And so I look into the Bible not to see what I've done wrong and what I need to do. I look into the pages of the Bible so that I can see who I am. I'm looking into the perfect law of liberty. I'm looking into the completed law that Jesus fulfilled, and that law brings me liberty, it brings me freedom. It says you continue in it. You're not a forgetful hearer, but you're a doer of the work, and you will be blessed in everything that you do. Why? Because you're free. You will be blessed because you're free. You're free in him. You're free in him. John chapter 8, verse number 31. It says Jesus... I knew I had this scripture in here. Jesus said unto the Jews who believed him, he said, if you abide, that word abide means to set up your house. I've chosen to live right here. If you abide, if you live in me and my words abide in you, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will bring liberty. The truth will bring freedom. The Bible is truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. See, I think a lot of times we we think we know truth. A lot of times we we followed we we followed truth. It's like you it's like you follow somebody on Instagram, like you think you, you think you know them. We we think we know truth because we have memorabilia hanging on our wall. We think we know truth. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. It is not proud, right? We've got 1 Corinthians 13 hanging in our house. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, right? We've got those things hanging in our house. Man, what a a fabulous reminder to us, right? But it doesn't mean you know God. It doesn't mean you know God. My playlist is like 70% Christian and a little bit of thug, right? And so I, I, I know God, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Sometime, sometimes we think we know. Hey, Chris, come here. Chris is going to help us with an example today. I, I feel confident. Chris, Chris likes sports right we got to get you a microphone or something here chris likes sports and uh so, all right so chris has some questions for you all right and i wrote these down okay um you, who's your favorite athlete favorite athlete of all time
1: uh kobe bryant
0: kobe bryant yes okay all right dude i was on my way to get on an airplane the day that kobe bryant died and I have to say, it was a little, <laughs> I was like, well, at least he was on a helicopter. I don't know. Not a plane. But it was, it was terrible. It was rough. Like, I was actually sad. It was awful. I couldn't was, even I was, believe it.
1: It was a really sad day.
0: Couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Favorite athlete, Kobe Bryant. Um, what makes you like Kobe so much?
1: His mentality. Yeah? He has that winning champion mentality that I've seen in nobody else. No yeah. other athlete in the world has that mentality. Yeah. I think.
0: I agree with you. Um, so, when did you
1: start following Kobe? As long as I started watching sports when I was little. Yeah. Watching him play. I mean, I think, think even some of like the number eight stuff. And I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm All
0: not right. that old. All right. But when you were little, right? You <laughs> yeah, started so when following I was little, Kobe? Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you have any like posters, jerseys? Uh, stuff I, think like I had that? a
1: jersey one time. That was about it. Yeah, jersey. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite memory of Kobe? Um... When he tore his Achilles and came back into the game to okay. finish his free throws, because yeah. he knew they were important, and he, like, I mean, if you've ever torn your Achilles, I mean, it's like a horrible feeling, but he came into the game to finish, what he started, you know, what he started, what he was yeah. supposed to before yeah. he exited the oh, game. Oh,
0: man, i tell you what. My, my favorite memory of Kobe was uh, his last game, and um, he went off for, what, 65 points yeah, or something, something like that. that. Man, it it's lot. crazy, crazy. Um, do you know anything about Kobe's personal life?
1: Um, other than, like, a few of the charities and, like, his shoes, not really much. Right, right. Um, so uh, did, did you follow him
0: on social media or anything like that? I don't know. I did, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you ever see Kobe in person? No. Never saw him in person. Mm-mm. Did you ever hang out with him? No. No? Did you did never you like, text him or anything like that? No. No? Okay. Um, so, so would you say is, is it accurate to say that even though you, you know a lot about Kobe
1: right.
0: like you don't like know Kobe right or you no. didn't you didn't like know Kobe no, no. definitely
1: not no
0: even though like you, you're a fan like a big fan
1: yeah huge fan
0: big fan yeah. but you didn't like you didn't like know him no right I think you did a lot of good stuff I think so too see Chris big fan big fan if somebody asked you who's the goat, you probably, Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe, see, I'd have to argue. <laughs> but you could argue that all day long because you, because you know him, right? But yeah. you don't, you know him, but you don't like know him, know him. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Sometimes we go about these things and we, we think we know. And man, I will defend my faith. We don't. We don't like know God. We're not. We're not walking in the fullness of what, what He has for us. There's still this 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 disconnect where it's like I I know God and I mean I've got I've got all the stuff. I'm a huge fan. And I think he is the best. And if I ever got the opportunity, (laughs) I just wish I could be one of those disciples and just hang out with him for a little bit. But we don't have that knowledge of him like, I could text him right now. I, I, could, I could text him right now, and, and he would answer me like that because he always answers my phone calls. Because he always answers my text. He never leaves me on red, ever. He's always right there. I mean, like, we, we are so close that it's like he's just with me 24 7, 365. In fact, we're so close. that when I started hanging out with him, I changed who I was. And he brought me up to his level. I'm so close. I'm so close that I had some things that were messed up in my life, and he carried me all the way through those things. And now they're not even a part of me anymore. And in fact, his circle is so big that you can join the circle too, and this guy is so amazing that you can have the same relationship as I have with him. And it's not going to diminish at all because I know him, because he's everything to me. Paul knew that it was absolutely vital for him to know God, not to know about God, but, but to know God. In fact, Paul was a pretty accomplished dude. He tells us about it in Philippians chapter 3. He starts out by saying, for, for we of the circumcision or, or 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 we the Jews who worship God in spirit, we rejoice in Christ Jesus, having no confidence in the flesh. He says, But I could. I mean, I don't have any confidence in the flesh, but I could. I could have confidence in the flesh because I've done some pretty great stuff. So he starts to tell you what he's done. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day just like you're supposed to be said I'm of the stock of Israel, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, and if you want to talk about the law, you guys talk about the law all the time, if you want to talk about that, man, I was a Pharisee concerning zeal, I persecuted the church because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, concerning the righteousness which is of the law, I was blameless. I mean, if we're going to base this whole thing on things that we've done in and of our own strength, I I did it all. And I was the best. He says, but the things that were gained to me, I've counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I counted all those things for the excellence. I counted all of them a loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Of the knowledge of Christ of Christ. See, Paul said, I worked and I worked and I worked and I did everything, everything that I was supposed to do. I was the best, but I laid it all down so that I could know him. See, I knew about him, but I wasn't capturing his heart I knew about Jesus and I was trying to do what, what I was supposed to do, but it always fell short. So I lay it down for the knowledge of Him so that I could know Him. I count all those things as rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in Him. Say that with me say, in Him. Say it one more time in Him so that I could be found in him not of my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God in faith that I may know him that I may know the power of his resurrection see that's the transforming power of the gospel is the resurrection so that I might know him, so that I might know the power of the resurrection. What's the power of the resurrection? That you've been set free. So that I can understand, so that I could have the truth, so that I could see who I am. Paul said that I may know him, that I may know the power of his resurrection, that I may have fellowship in his suffering, that I would be conformed to his death. So that I could attain his resurrection. Paul said, I gotta know him. Church, it is absolutely vital that we know him. And the primary way for you to know him is to open up your Bible. I'm gonna give you some scriptures. Write these down, your notes app, whatever it is. I'm gonna go very fast, but I'm gonna give you some scriptures. The Bible is the primary way to know God. Knowing Him brings freedom, so knowing Him gives you answers. Second Peter chapter one verse three, it says, "As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness." Here it is again: through the knowledge of Him who is called by glory and virtue. That was Second Peter one three. Knowing Him gives you hope. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 it says to them god willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory christ in you is the hope of glory he gives you hope that was colossians 1:27 knowing him gives you peace Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation between you and God. That's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, knowing him gives you purpose. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 but you are a chosen generation you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation you are God's own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his light 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9 knowing him gives you a place to belong Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Knowing him gives you a place to belong. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. See, the Bible is not a rule book, but it's a revelation of Jesus. And if he lives in you, it's a picture of, of who you are. The Bible reveals who we are in Christ. So let me give you some examples. There is freedom when we know that instead of being addicted like we thought we were, that in Christ we are free because the Son has set us free. See, there's freedom when we thought that we were destined to fail, but the Bible tells us that God has placed us on a road for our success. There's freedom when we thought that we had anxiety, but we read on the pages of the Bible that Jesus is our peace. There's freedom when we thought that God had put sickness on us because we made a mistake or that he wants to teach us a lesson. But we read on the pages of the Bible that Jesus Christ took stripes upon his back for my healing, for me to be made whole. That's freedom in your life. See, there's freedom when we thought that our past mistakes had determined our destiny, but we read that because of the shed blood of Jesus, I'm washed clean. And his grace is enough for me. And his grace is made perfect. And its strength is made perfect when I'm weak. See, now I stand blameless in the sight of God. Now, not because of me and what I did but because Jesus and what he did I stand before God blameless clean pure holy righteous in the sight of almighty God because of Jesus and what he did and I learned that by opening up the pages of the Bible and I read who I am who God made me to be that's who God has created me to be and so as Jesus is revealed I'm revealed say that with me say as Jesus is revealed I'm revealed you open up the pages of the Bible Jesus is revealed on every page of the Bible and as Jesus is revealed you're revealed you want to walk in freedom you want to seek truth open up the Bible Read what God has to say about who Jesus has made you because the Bible is not a rule book. It's a revelation of who you are because it's a revelation of who he is. Amen? Seek truth. Seek truth. We have a graphic. These are some very common sense ways and these if they're not up on our website I didn't check they should be up on our website right now and if they're not they'll be very shortly they'll be posted to our social media uh, later on today seek truth this is a guide to studying your bible and we're going to be putting out some more things over the course of this week and next week on that but this is a guide to studying your bible what do I use uh, what do I use to study? Well, I mean, if, you, if you've got a paper Bible, some people just like it better on, on pages that they can turn, and I get that, and if that, if that works for you, use it. You wonder where you can go on your phone? I recommend two apps. Whether you have an iPhone or an Android, you can download the Uversion Bible app. It's got all kinds of devos on it and things like that uh, that can help you get started. The version Bible app, and then I invite you to download a Strong's Concordance, and I'm gonna talk about that in just a minute. It's just called Strong's Concordance app on the iPhone, on Android. It's Bible with Strong's. Now, the Strong's Concordance is gonna cost you a couple of dollars. Um, I, I actually think it's $3.99 on each platform, all right? But I highly encourage you to invest. $4 in Strong's Concordance on your phone because it'll blow your mind the things that you learn in studying your Bible. Now, there's a lot of other things. I'm trying to make it simple for you today. This is a great place uh, to get started. If you've ever been in my office, I have quite a few books um, and things like that. There's are Bible study guides and stuff like that. If you've been in pastor's office, he has every book that was written about Jesus from like 1978 until today. Um, and so we actually just said that the other day. He was talking about a book, and he goes, I may have it right there. I don't know. I'm like, I'm sure you do. Um, up your Bible. And I, I failed to put this on here, but the number one thing that you need to do is you need to ask the Holy Spirit to show you truth. That's what he's there for. He's given to us to guide us into truth. So as you're looking at the text, whether it's one scripture, it's a chapter, I mean, you have to start with one word, right? The. So you start with a a passage. Ask yourself these things. What is the context or the scene of this text? What's the context? What's happening right now as they're writing this? Uh, let me give you an example, and, and, and I'm not going to go crazy on this, but in uh, Mark chapter 11, where Jesus is talking about faith. If we look at the context of this, he looks and he says, um, if, you, if you have faith, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Well, they're in a place where there's a mountain. All of those things matter. All of those things matter. And what you're doing is you're painting a picture for yourself of what this means and what it can apply to me in my life. And so as you're studying your Bible, what's the context? What's the scene of this text? Number two, what do we know about the people who are in the text? Well, maybe we see that Jesus is talking to Peter. Well, what do I know about Peter? Maybe you know nothing about Peter. You haven't heard of him at all. If you haven't, find out some more about Peter. Google Peter in the Bible. I guarantee you, a lot of stuff is going to show up. You can read about Peter in the Bible. What else can I learn about Peter? Because what you're going to find is as you look at that, you're going to understand more about why Peter said what he said because you learn his personality. You learn about him. What do we know about the people who are in this text? Number three, what do the names of people and places and things tell me about what it means that's where the Strong's Concordance comes in because if you open that app it has every scripture in the Bible and every word has a little number next to it and if you click on that number it will tell you what it means and so uh, many times when I preach and you've heard me say this even today we talked about the word sanctify and as you understand what that word means then you understand what the scripture is trying to tell you in a lot clearer way And so maybe you take just that one passage, and you're like, what do they mean by this? Maybe I think I know what this word means, but what does it really mean? What do they mean by it? Because maybe they mean something by it that I didn't even understand. And so I open up the Strong's Concordance. I click that number. It tells me what that word means. Sometimes I look at it, and it doesn't tell me anything. I'm like, okay, I already knew that. Or sometimes I'm like, man, I don't get that. I need to study it a little bit more. But what are the names of the people, the places, every town? It's not by accident that things happened in this town. It's not by accident that somebody is named what they're named. It's not by accident that these things are where they are. Is there a rock? Is there A rock is symbolic of the law every time that we see it in Scripture. So why are they talking about a rock here? Those are just some examples. And then finally, what does this text tell you about Jesus? Because every page of the Bible reveals Jesus. I don't care if it's Genesis 1, Leviticus chapter 9, Ezekiel chapter 3, Hosea. Every page of the Bible reveals Jesus. So what does it tell me about Jesus? Maybe you read it and you're like, I have no idea. Read it again. Read it again. Don't be ashamed. I just told you, I've spent two weeks on Galatians chapter 5. God's going to reveal things to you. I don't want you to get discouraged and say, man, this is too slow. I don't get it. That's all right. It's all right. God is cultivating you, and it doesn't happen overnight. Guys, I've been preaching the Word of God for 20 years. And I just spent two weeks in the same chapter of the Bible learning and growing. Final thing, can you put that back up? I'm sorry. Some places to start. Romans chapter 8, Galatians 5. Please don't think you have to start here. There are no rules, all right? Open up your Bible and read it. But if you're like, where do I start? I don't even know. It's this big old book. I don't know what to do. Here's some good places to start. Romans chapter 8, Galatians 5. Romans chapter 8 is going to tell you about the love of God. It's going to tell you about your purpose. Galatians chapter 5, it's going to teach you about freedom and liberty. It's going to teach you about the fruits that God has placed in you, that the, the, the attributes that will bear fruit in your life. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's going to teach you about love. In John chapter 1, it's going to show you who Jesus is. John chapter 14 is going to teach you about the Holy Spirit. Those are just some good places to start if you're looking for somewhere to start. If you're not, do what you do. Finally, what Bible do I use? So many different translations. What do I use? There's many translations of the Bible. Start with something for you to understand. I suggest the American Standard or the New Living Translation, the NLT. Those are good starting points. There's no right or wrong. Some people will tell you, well, this Bible is the the right one or this one is is the right one. The truth is all of them were translated from the original text, every single one of them. And so unless you read Greek, then you're not reading what the, the writers of the Bible wrote. And so start. I'm much less concerned with the translation you use, then that you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. If you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth, he will. For in-depth study, and for definitions, the, the Strong's Concordance, as we talked about before, it uses the King James Bible. I'll be the first to tell you that the King James Bible is more difficult to understand for many of us And that's why I suggest some of the other translations when you go to the Strongs. But if you're going to Strongs, you're looking up the definition anyway, right? And so it uses the King James Version of the Bible. Here's the point, and you guys can come up. Here's the point. You're not going to do it wrong. We spent way too much time talking about you have to do it this way or that way or whatever. You're not going to do it wrong. Open up your Bible and read it. And if you read one scripture and it comes alive to you and it grows on the inside of you and it becomes something that you take a hold of and you live by then you're successful and that'll grow but open up your Bible every day how much time do you spend in the morning scrolling through social media how much time do we spend on lunch or on break you're sitting and you're waiting for your kids forever. Or are my kids the only ones slow? Could I take time and read one verse? Is it worth it to say, God, what are you saying to me? In this time that we live in, we've got to reintroduce God into our life. And as we reintroduce God into your daily life, make the Bible a part of your daily life. I want to challenge you because I know we get in this rut. You think, well, I read a scripture because somebody posted a meme and it had one on it. No, open your Bible. Do I believe that there's value in a photo that somebody puts on Instagram or I believe there's a lot of value in it because anytime, time that I can distribute the truth of the Bible, there's power. But if that, if that picture. has one verse on it and it just becomes something I read and scroll past and I know more about God but do I know him but maybe that prompts something in you and maybe I see that and then I open up the Bible and I read it in the Bible and then I start to say well what does that word mean and what does this word mean And it begins to become alive in my life and it transforms me, changes me. It's not enough to just hear and hear and hear. Look into the completed law that brings liberty to you and you'll be blessed. final thing I'll say before we pray is don't be afraid to ask questions. I absolutely love it when somebody texts me, message me, calls me and says, hey, I've been reading this in the Bible and I just don't get it. You know why I love it? Because you're opening your Bible and you're seeking truth. Not long ago, there was someone that came and said, Pastor Jason, I I really want to study in the Old Testament, but I just don't understand it. And I I said, okay, well, let's do this. Let you and I study the same passage for a week. And when we're finished studying that, we're going to each write down what we've learned from it, and we're going to share it. And I said, I want you to look for these things. And I said many of the same things. I want you to look for, for what do the places mean? What do the words mean? What do you know about this situation? What about the context? And where is Jesus? And I tell you what, that that passage came alive not only to them but to me. And I grew and they grew. Let's do it together, find somebody and say let's study this together, Chris and I just recently studied Samson, we have a little bit more to go, study the story of Samson, we talked about it, what God showed Chris through it is, is different than what God showed me through it and iron sharpens iron and we were able to have conversations about it and grow. I don't know if you've noticed, but on the screen during worship, Jasmine has been putting scriptures at the top. Many of those that she's been studying, we've texted back and forth about them. You know, the words that we sing on Sunday, they're not just good words, they're Bible. Write down that scripture and go and read it later while you're listening to the song. Those songs are on our reintroduced soundtrack playlist that you can download on Spotify or Apple Music for free. As you're listening to that song, tie it to the Bible that it comes out of and let it become alive in your life. Because God is working. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus into your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. The Bible says... That every one of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God and it also says that the wages or the price that has to be paid for sin is death you could say it this way and it's been well said that I owed a debt that I could not pay but the good news is that Jesus Christ came and he died for you he gave his life to pay your debt And so now it's paid in full. You just have to go pick up the deed. So today if you've never received Jesus, I want to encourage you that you are good enough in His eyes for Him to die for. I know you messed up. We all have. I know you've done some dumb stuff. You're like, man, but but if I were to tell you what I've done, it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you want to tell me you're welcome to tell me but it doesn't matter I can say with assurity surety that whatever you have done is forgiven because Jesus forgave you and he died for you the scripture tells us that if we confess him with our mouth that he is Lord and all we're saying there is Jesus I recognize that I need help, I can't do it on my own, and I need you. And so I state that your way is better than mine. Jesus, you're my Lord. And then the second part is that you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So those two things, if you do that, and you've just received your forgiveness and your debt is gone you're a child of God. And the awesome thing is, is that if you ever start to forget it, as we talked about two weeks ago, God's spirit is constantly communicating with your spirit that you're his child. And so if that's you today, you've never received Jesus and you want to. say this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen.